All right, we are now on our first podcast trying to meet and learn about entrepreneurs locally here. I've called this Neighbor's Journey and all the friends that I meet. Just as a quick background, over the last nine months, I've been fortunate really to be able to meet a lot of entrepreneurs. One like here with Karen uh, that are in a mission to grow their business and start a new uh, platform or a venture that is exciting. And I figured rather than just me talking about it, record our conversation and share it to the world of what you're doing. And I'm excited to kick off a podcast with you as my uh, first guest. So welcome. Yes, thank you. I'm honored to be here. And I'm the founder and CEO of Prodigy Kids. And uh... yeah, so tell us a little bit more about your company and uh, what it does or what, it, what services it provides or product it offers. Yeah, I'd love to. So we are a mission-driven startup, and I'm really passionate about um, our work in the world. And what we're really about is creating more loving moments between parents and their kids, because that is the stuff that develops core beliefs of self-worth in a child's brain from a very young age. And my life's experiences kind of um, brought me to that realization I can talk a little bit about that and how our products tie in and everything. Sure. Um, so I grew up in a less than idyllic household. Mm-hmm. My father, my late father, was abusive. My mother was totally checked out. And I learned a lot from that experience. And perhaps the greatest takeaway I learned was when I became a mom myself, I said, I want to do things differently. Mm-hmm. I, I said, what's the greatest gift that I can give my now three kids? Mm. And the answer came to me, and the answer was self-worth. And what does that mean? That means the ability to believe in yourself enough so you can launch your own dreams into the world. And I found through my parents that the one thing that separates people from achieving their dreams from people who don't is a belief in themselves. Mm. It's I can versus I can't. Right. And then throughout the years, as I was developing our first product, the Addy Plate, I was doing a lot of research. I was raising the seed round of capital and talking to some impact investors. And I looked at the neuroscience, you know, from Yale, from Harvard, studied, studied all the, the most recent expert articles on the subject of brain development. And what I found out was fascinating and alarming at the same time. Fascinating because it completely backed up what I knew intuitively. That when a child is born, 95% of their brain is not developed. It's the only organ actually that comes out and it's not fully developed. And all of the thoughts and feelings that go into their subconscious mind that create these core beliefs of I can or I can't are developed in the early years of life. So then it was alarming because I said, well, why aren't we parents taught this? It's so important. You know, we all want the best for our kids. We all want to raise our kids to believe in themselves, to have self-worth, you know, to go into situations where they're not going to be bullied or they're not going to be the one bullying, where, where our girls are raised to be confident in math and in science, be confident in their bodies, where our boys are raised that it's safe to express emotions um, to be a true gentleman in the world, you know, to, for our, our young kids to be raised with a sense of purpose in their lives and to bring their God-given gifts into the world. That's really the path to true happiness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was so fascinating. And 
I intuitively, I started developing my first product called the Addy Plate. And the Addy Plate is really the most optimal tool for building loving moments of connection between caregivers and children because those loving moments are the building blocks of self-worth. Those loving moments are those moments where a child feels love and that goes into their brain development. It goes into their subconscious brain and 95% of all grown-up behavior is formed and governed by the subconscious brain, which is developed in the first several years of life. So the Addy Plate is basically, if I can talk about that. Yeah, please. Okay. So it's really a game changer product in the feeding industry. It's made right here in San Diego. It has a specially engineered suction on the bottom. And it really works to stay stuck to a table surface or a high chair. So little ones can't hold their plates and as grown-ups don't lose our sanity. And creating this section and also there's a special grown-up only release tab on it, which is out of sight and out of reach for young fingers. Creating that was so incredibly important to me because mealtime can be so stressful. And I wanted parents you know, mealtime is the time that you connect with your family. It's the time where, where we get together. Right. So it's time and those loving moments are most important. And I don't want other parents to be stressed out. I want to solve the problem once and for all. So I created a plate that really works. And there's so many touch points on the plate, too, to help create loving moments with your kids. For example, there's colors, shapes, textures on the plate. You know, a mom or a dad can say to their child, Hey, you know, what shape are the eyes? What color is Addie? What color is the beak? You know, what animal is Addie? You know, the possibilities are, are endless with, with things like that. Or for example, the, the three divided eating departments in there, they're spaci spacious, they're roomy. They also have special ergonomic curved edges, which help aid with utensil feeding which can be a really big skill for a child to master. And they can get super frustrated with it. So what I did is we did a lot of research in engineering and created these edges which help a child gain the confidence and then the independence you know, to, of self-mastery over this big skill. And when you see a child finally master that skill, their eyes light up and they get so happy inside. And those are the building blocks of, of self-worth in a child, that they did it themselves, that they took responsibility and they were able to do it themselves. Um, we also have a really sweet saying um, engraved in the plate, which says, a loving moment lasts a lifetime. And um, I see with, when I sell the product that, you know, as soon as a parent reads that, you know, instantly it just goes into their heart and they open up their wallets and like, oh my God, Karen, that is so sweet. I love the plate and what right. it's about, so. So obviously, it, there's a lot of thought behind it. There's neuroscience involved. When did the parental philosophy of you know creating, generating self worth turn into? I'm going to make a business out of this. When? How did that transition come about? Or you know, timing wise too. Yeah, yeah, Sue. That's a great question, <clears throat> and that was something that evolved over time, because um, I I first had the idea for the plate. And the mission about the self-worth came later. So I can kind of sketch a you know, thumbnail, timeline, chronologically of how it happened. So when my daughter was young and I took her out to eat, I put a placemat full of food in front of her, in the picture like a big band-aid. Mm -hmm. And I was a first-time mom. 
she was 18 months old. Within a second, you know, I put my bag down, she picked it up and she held it in the air. <laughs> we all have experiences with that. Yes, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> and out of the corner of my eye, I see food go flying. And I see it land on the gentleman sitting at the table behind us. So there was spaghetti in his hair. <laughs> it gets worse. And his nice white button-down dress shirt was covered in meatballs, peas, and red sauce. My 18-month-old daughter, Sophia, thought it was hilarious. She couldn't stop laughing, and I was mortified. <laughs> and I had one of those moments like, oh my gosh, like what is this? I was a first-time mom. I had no idea that this was a thing. Like, mm-hmm. Mealtime could even be crazy like that. And I was like, I don't want this. I can't have it. <laughs> and, and um, you know, time stood still. And in that moment, I said, you know what? I want to straight up invent something that actually works. So I bought everything on the market that claimed to stay stuck. None of them worked. And I tested, I tested them on my own kids and, and friends' kids and stranger kids. And I was still up with the same frustrating situation. And that was my first key indicator to say, okay, I've got this idea. How do I turn into a product? I really want to move forward with it. And from a personal standpoint, um, you know, I, I'm a lawyer by background. I practiced law in New York for 10 years prior to moving out here. Um, I've been a serial entrepreneur as well, too. Had a, two successful businesses before this. And there was always something missing for me. And that missing piece was uh, the creative side. Mm-hmm. So I built up years and years and years of you know, my business skills and being a successful business owner. But I, I learned that I was a designer at heart. Hmm. So as I started this journey, my own, um, my own God-given gift became readily apparent to me because I found that time stood still when I worked on this. And then as I moved forward along the process, um, and I, start, I was doing this part-time, um, I was working full-time teaching, raising three kids, doing this part-time stop and start. And then finally, um, and here, this is a person that I got divorced a little over three years ago, and I decided to go into how to do kids full-time. I knew it needed capital, I knew it needed the attention, and I knew it needed momentum. You know, I knew I wanted to manufacture this, and uh, this is when the self-worth piece started becoming more readily apparent. You know, I started doing that, that research and I started healing from my own divorce. You know, I realized a, a number of things and I kind of put the pieces together with, with my own childhood. And I, I realized that, you know, I looked at my dad's life. You know, my dad was miserable in his career. What he really loved to do was baseball, but he didn't pursue baseball. Mm-hmm. He could have been a professional baseball player for the New York Yankees. Whoa. And he chose not to. He was actually in a farm team called the Central Park Rats, uh-huh. which became the Yankees. But during that time, they weren't paying the salaries that they do now. So he decided to go into a different profession, and he was completely miserable. My mom, I saw, married a man that didn't treat her well or her kids well. And I saw, really, my parents didn't know how to parent. (laughs) 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 But um, I saw that she was so unhappy in her own life and didn't take care of herself. And, And... she could have been a very, in my opinion, a successful landscape architect because she made the most beautiful gardens you ever want to see. Mm-hmm. And her neighbors used to drive by and say, oh my gosh, who's your landscaper? I was like, my mom. <laughs> and she didn't believe in herself enough to get paid. She didn't believe in herself to leave uh, an abusive marriage. She didn't believe in herself enough to remove her children from, from that situation. 
And basically I saw two lives that had so much potential, so much potential. And that's what got me thinking, gosh, you know, I don't want any other child to go through what I had to experience. I had to find my own self-worth. Mm. So it was during this period following my divorce where, you know, I, I had gained these wonderful business skills, but it was me developing my own self-worth, my own inner worth, believing in this dream of mine for the first time, um, something that was truly in my heart and soul, and then kind of just the pieces started coming together, and I said, okay, I have to give myself love. I know intuitively how to do it because I learned more about what not to do for my parents mm. than what to do. I knew how important it was to be a dream builder for my kids, to give them encouraging thoughts, to set firm love boundaries with, you know, with them, and, uh, and just to do my best. You know, we're all a work in progress, but I never wanted any other child to go through what I went through. I want every child to be what I call a prodigy kid. Mm. A prodigy kid. And that's to realize that they are inherently wonderful and marvelous. We were born this way, mm. and they too can achieve their dreams. All they have to do is believe in themselves mm -hmm. and put one foot in front of the other, and that is the path to true happiness. So it kind of relates back to seeing my parents who were completely miserable in their lives right. because they weren't doing what they loved and following their own hearts. And then I saw that I was treated because of that. Sure. And I just never wanted that for any other child. So my, my, my vision is big. I think that if we were to raise our children with self-worth, I think that we would create a lot more peace in this world. And that's what drives me. And the Addy Plate is actually the first product of many we have um, that you and I are going to be working on as well, too, which I'm so excited sure. about, uh, that all help um, build those interactive moments between parents and their kids because those are the most important building blocks of self-worth. So. Was that belief enough for you to force you to jump in? Or were you kind of hesitant, like, oh, I need to raise capital, like you mentioned, right? There's a lot of things you already knew about starting a business, and you had family, and was it, was it more overcoming it, or ignoring the fear and just jumping in, or how did that decision come about? Yeah, yeah so that's another great question. Um, <clears throat> building self-worth in children and, and is, is my driving force. It's right. my, you know... Um, guiding or teaching, I, I channel this, you know, so, so whatever my experience is, however they can help someone else, I'm, I'm happy to do that. It makes me happy when I see somebody grown up or a child, you know, doing what they love and being happy at it. And we can make money doing what we love, mm -hmm. you know? You just have to believe. Right. So, um, yeah, that is a great question. I came to a point in my life, and this is a true story, so following my divorce, I said, you know, I was teaching um, three or four college classes at teaching law classes and, and real estate classes and business classes, and I hated it, actually. <laughs> but it was providing an income. Sure. And I had prodigy kids. You know, I had a great, I had injection molds made, um, but I needed to move it forward. I, need, I knew I needed more capital. So you already were doing part-time and designing. Yes. And, okay. Yes. So you're teaching at, while you had the second kind of pro special projects. I didn't sleep for six years. Because <laughs> I loved it so much. Yes. Oh, so you were doing both for six years? I... So my daughter, when I first had the idea, yes, uh -huh. I, I can tell you a little bit more about the timeline. Sure. Here. So I've always worked on the Addy Plate idea part time, 
I had to put it on hold for two years. I didn't touch it after my third child was born. It okay, was so it. hard. Right. Um, but there's so many stops and starts. But what I did was we actually had a prototype designed by the UCSD School of Engineering. Got it. Um, and it was interesting because it culminated in a showcase. It was a competition between um, amongst the different teams. So I was working with the senior level design class, the uh, MAE 156 class. It was held by the chairperson, Nate Delson, at mm -hmm. UCSD. He's still there. Hi, Nate. <laughs> and um, it was interesting because we had showcased. It was a big competition. And I was competing against companies like Procter & Gamble Products, the Navy, IBM. And then there was Project Kids. I don't even know if I had a logo at that point. But we had a prototype, which isn't nearly as nice as this one, right? Okay. And um, it was very interesting because there was more people gathered around my table than any other than any of the other tables combined, opening up their wallets, willing to buy a prototype. There was actually a whale at the time. And in that moment, I didn't win the competition, but I won something so much more because Nate Delson looks over at me and he's like, he points and he's like, wow. Yeah. I knew I was onto something. I knew people were gonna Got pay it. for this. I knew there was a great product. People were talking to me about it. They didn't even care what, with all due respect to the Fortune 500 sure, companies right. that were there with their latest tech devices right. and medical devices. I knew that this was onto something, and it's actually a nice story because those students are now named on my design patent. Mm. So moving forward, you know, um, I won several awards. I had a successful Kickstarter campaign, you know, and, yeah. uh, and then, you know, after my divorce, I went to this three years. But coming back around to your question, it's a great question, too, and I'd love to share this. Um, the... Um, I said, you know, I hated teaching. I knew I wanted to do Project Kids. And I said, and I also knew I needed to be there for my kids. I was their rock. I wanted to give them as much a sense of security as I could during that time period, you know? So I said, okay, maybe I can go out and get a job and I can still do Project Kids part-time and raise kids. I don't know what I was thinking. But I found, <laughs> a, great, I found a great job, actually, okay? This is going to tie in with your answer. Sure. So... I interview, I had four rounds of interview with to be a real estate coach to investors. Mm. So I had my broker's license, I have a strong background in real estate, I had a successful law practice, worked with lots of investors, I've invested in real estate myself, I knew I'd make the best coach. It was a full-time uh, job with somewhat flexible hours, and I said, okay, that'll be enough money to pay for my rent. Okay, didn't pay a lot, right. but at least I could get my rent covered, and then I thought, and I can do project kids, and I can be there for my kids. So um, I remember meeting with the owners in the fourth and last interview. The interview lasted two hours because the owners and I were just fellow entrepreneurs. We were just talking business and they were just so nice. And mm -hmm. I remember sitting there thinking, you know, I love what they've created in the world and I'm destined to create something just as big, if not bigger. Mm -hmm. I went into the job on the first day of the job and I started crying. Only time I've ever cried on a job before. And I said to my then boss, and I was like, I can't do this. I said, because if you, if I, can, if I do this, I'm not going to have the time to do Paiji Kids. And the last several years have been so many stops and starts. I need the momentum. I have to do this full time. Hmm. I started crying to her and I said, if I, if I stay here, you might as well put me six feet, six feet under. <laughs> True story. And she was so kind. And she says, Karen, I will leave the job open for you for three, four months. No questions asked. You can come back anytime. It's yours. I think you'd be great at it. I go into my car. I, I was scared shitless. Can I said that word? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it, so it's a good one. <laughs> um, 
I just knew inside my gut that I had such, I wanted to help share my life's experiences and the self-worth piece with the world so much. I just knew I had to do it full time. I knew I needed to raise capital. I didn't have the money and um, never did it before, but figured it all out. You know, I, I just jumped right in mm-hmm. and that's kind of how my personality is. I, you know, I, I teach myself something, talk to the people that I need to, talk to the players that I have to talk to. Right. You just got to jump in. You got to make the phone call. You got to jump in. And there have been so many moments where I'm going to say this again, I've been scared shitless. Right. And you just have to keep going. That That's the thing. You just have to keep going. And I care so much about, you know, raising our kids with those core beliefs of self-worth and, um, and helping parents along their journey, too, that that is the thing that drives me. That is the thing that gets me through those nights where I only have two hours of sleep or four hours of sleep and... Yeah, and I successfully raised over $400,000 to date. Oh, okay. I'm completely bootstrapped. And, yeah, so, and I have the best investors, and I have several um, lenders on board, too. How was that process of raising funds? Because, you know, let's be honest, it's not artificial intelligence, it's not CBD, it's not AR, it's not the sexiest, you know, the VC industry, right? what, what was it like trying to raise money off of the, you know, product that you had? It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I probably guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, not easy. And I'll, I'll add something else onto it. All right. Pre-revenue. Not easy at all. Mm. Pre-revenue. Okay? Right. Not easy. I think um, fundraising in general is not, is not easy. Um, I also have to throw in the fact that I'm a woman, and there have been a number of times where I've, I've met with some male investors, and, you know, I think they took the meeting because they, actually, I had a male investor recently that told me I was cute, and that's why he took the meeting with me. So, no, come on. It's a true story. That's shocking, but anyways. Um, um, wow. So, you have to, um, <clears throat> I, I want to go deeper now. Um, here's what I found along my investment journey. Um, uh, and these are all true stories too. At the beginning, I had a gentleman who did a uh, food product. So he was in Costco, he's a super successful guy who's introduced to him, right? He told me, and he had been mentoring me for a while, this is early on, he's like, Karen, I will give you $350,000 mm-hmm. for 51% of your company. Mm-hmm. He's like, I will write you a check today. I said no, and I walked away from that because my gut said, don't do it. I wanted to I'm the visionary sure. of this. I had a big vision in my heart, and I didn't want someone else controlling it. And and I said no. I was on the floor that night. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe I turned that down because it took me, you know, two years to raise that much. Mm. And then I had another person um, that said, Karen, I'll give you. I actually met him uh, through a real estate connection. Okay. Uh, Karen, um, I will give you a hundred thousand dollars. And um, he just wanted to work with me. You know, background in real estate. So he was a, a, okay. a, you know, a successful businessman. I'll give right. you $100,000. We're literally on the phone. I'm paying my attorney. We are um, discussing the term sheets. And we're about to send him the paperwork. And this is several meetings later, by the mm-hmm. way. And then at the, not even at the 11th hour, at the 11.99 hour, <laughs> he bails. Okay. He bails. Any particular reason or just... You wanted out. Like he just... said, you know what, Karen, I think I want to put the money into real estate investment. Okay. He kind of um, just said that um, 
yeah, he just, I kind of want, I think I want to invest in my own real estate rather than do this. Um, I think that he was a newer investor too. Um, however, this, it, I, I was surprised because this was, uh, I, I'd known him for several years and this was a three or four month, you know, um, talking, it, he had approached me. Right, right. You know, he had approached me. I told him I'm raising a seed round if you know of anybody. And right. he approached me and so it was three, four months of regular meetings and, and things like that. And literally on the phone with the, with the attorney. So he, the reason why I'm mentioning the, those stories is because if I didn't keep going, I would never have met the most amazing, amazing investors that I have on board mm-hmm. today. And after I peeled myself up off the floor after those two right. incidences where I just thought, gee, I would have been so much further along, I met the most amazing investors um, some have taken more of a more of a hands-on role, mm-hmm. you know, with Pachi kids, but they leave, they believe in me, and our mission and our vision so incredibly much. And had I not gone, I would never have these wonderful people on board. Sure. So investors and Pachi kids, if you're listening, <laughs> you guys rock. <laughs> and I I want to say the same thing too because I currently have three small business loans out too, and my lending partners have been amazing. They mm. really have, and uh, yeah, so. How did you end up meeting those people? Is it just by luck, you think? Or is it, you know, obviously you had to fail a couple times up front and then now you met them, but... Yeah, um, I always found... So it's just a matter of getting out there because if you're not out there and if you're not talking to people mm. and, you know, I was I tried everything. Cold, oh, here's, here's the challenge for me. You know, I don't come from... I come from very good schools, but I don't have, uh, like, a typical VC background where I don't... I didn't go to necessarily an Ivy League school, and my parents aren't loaded. They're both dead. Um, so I don't have... I didn't have those connections. Mm. And I also find it harder as a woman to get your phone call taken. I mean, I think, like, less than 6% of CEOs in the United States are women. Right. I also think that, you know, I don't know what the statistics are, but I think it's a similar percentage of VC money actually going to women-led mm-hmm. companies. Right. Um, more of that does go to tech companies as mm-hmm. well, too. And we do have a software platform that, that we are building out right now, too. Um, that's another question. Sure. But um, with that in mind, though, I never let it stop me because I just said I have a horizon in mind. Mm. You know, I need this money to get me through the manufacturing and to get me through the next steps. Um, and I just kept going. And after one thing didn't work out, I kept going. And I attended a networking event. And then, and then I met a wonderful investor mm-hmm. through that networking event. And I didn't go there necessarily looking for investors. I was just looking to connect with people. Sure. Um, she's awesome. She's one of my best investors. She's going to listen to this. She'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I actually won a local pitch competition. Oh, okay. Yeah, I won a local pitch competition. I did that. And uh, the woman, the particular woman who invested in my company, um, I, I joke around that I, I won her. You mm-hmm. know, she's awesome. She's a big believer in women led businesses as well, too. And I've been asking her questions on how to build a pitch deck, mm-hmm. you know, before that. Sure. Um, so <laughs> she's, she's a big supporter. And that goes in every single one of my investors. I was actually my biggest investor, he's an amazing individual. And he knows who he he, he knows who I'm referring to, right. yeah, John. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was introduced to him um, by somebody I had met through another networking group actually up in LA. He was going to do my marketing, and um, I told him I'm looking for investors, and he actually ended up introducing me to John, and 
John's got a keen eye for great products, mm. great product design, and how to market them. He's he's blown up several other companies with his online digital marketing guru talents. Gotcha. And um, I think that the biggest takeaway here, though, is I just kept going, and you just never know who you're going to meet, who can lead you in the right direction, and you have to not be shy either. You have to tell people, hey, I'm raising a seed round of capital, and some people never even heard of that before, mm. you know, so you just have to keep asking and keep keep getting out there, and um, yeah, it's not easy. It's, it sure not it's easy. not. It's, it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, and I think any business owner that's ever had to walk this path and raise money will agree with that, too. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I assume you tested your patience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, my patience, uh, <laughs> I... You know, I used to, it's interesting because being along this journey, I used to be more like the entrepreneur in me, the ambitious side to me is like, I want everything to happen yesterday. Right. Okay. So I have a very Zen-like spiritual side to me also. And they kind of work together. That side is like, you need to let things unfold in its own timing. And I found that when you do that and you surrender to that, the the very best things will come about. So you 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 have to take those action steps and put a hundred percent into it, and then you kind of just have to let it go, and then and then see what develops from there, you know, and um, and be persistent, and also be patient. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and that's something I, I'm still working on now too. Sure. The um, the patience thing now, you know. So I just want to blow up again to all the big stores. <laughs> <laughs> right. You want to get there, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. <clears throat> in terms of where the business is today, how is it going? What's happening? Any exciting news to share or upcoming? Uh, yeah. So we're at a really exciting place right now. Yassi, thanks for asking. Um, in a few short months, um, we've generated uh, a little over $8,000 in revenue, and that's mostly through in-person events. Um, we've been doing farmers markets and pop-ups, and both in San Diego and up in LA. And from there, I it, it's been so great to meet our customers. So thank you to our customers, thank you to our fans who um, would come over to my table and say, I don't know a baby, but I love your product so much. And I'm, I'm taking five of your cards because if I ever meet someone with a baby, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it to them. So I, I really appreciate them. From there, we actually just started, uh, we, we sell direct also online. Um, so you can buy an Addy plate. It's $24.99 through our website. Cool. Um, best, best baby product out there on the market today. And, uh, and our website is Prodigy with an I, kids. Thank you for the plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we just started a wholesale initiative. So we're now in the trendiest baby and gift boutiques here in San Diego. We're expanding throughout all of SoCal. And right now I'm connecting with, um, well, one's a secret I really can't say, mm -hmm. uh, but I told you off the record earlier. Yeah. Uh, but I can tell you that I'm connecting with Nordstrom's. And that's always been a dream of mine to to get into. And I can see the Addy plate in places like uh, Bye Bye Baby and Costco as well too. So we are um, planting the seeds for that. We also have um, great products that we're going to be coming out with. And uh, I'm excited to work with you and Luke on some of them. Cool. And yeah, so if whoever's listening to this, hopefully if you can help her get that distribution, help her out. 
That would be awesome. Yeah. So what help do you need other than distribution? Is there something you, you want to throw out there as, hey, if I could get some help on this, that would help you and your products and you know, your business overall? Yes, thank you for asking. So um, <clears throat> I am still fundraising right now. It's okay. one of the many hats I raise as CEO. So we are looking um, for the right fit investors, mission-aligned investors. So if there's somebody interested, um, I'd love to talk to you. I'm also applying for an SBA loan. Um, so I'm talking to some lenders right now. So if you know of anyone, that would be a great connection. That would be awesome. And with that money, that will really allow us to grow. We'll, um, we'll be able to create some really amazing, game-changing products. Um, and we'll be able to put them on our website and, and sell wholesale as well, too, and get them out there and get our beautiful mission out there. For me, it's about creating more impact. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also use it for, for marketing and, um, and to create more added plates. So, uh, yeah, that's, what we're, that's cool. where we're at right now. Thanks. What's been the fun, the most fun thing in this journey so far? Uh, it's meeting people and meeting people like you. Yeah. Cool. It's about the people that I've met for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I've met so many amazing people. Um, not only my recent customers, just everybody along the journey. It's been wonderful. What's been the biggest headache for you? (laughs) (laughs) The biggest headache for me is learning how to balance it all. So, you know, I'm a mom of three and I have my business. So I work crazy hours. I'm typically up four or five o'clock in the morning every day and I work until five. And then I'm with my kids. Um, You know, I share partial custody of my kids with their dad. So when they're with their dad, I mean, I use that time to work Mm. all all the time. I'm, I'm really driven. So it's just about sometimes that balance can go out of out of whack, and those are my most challenging times right. because when they're off, you're dad, you know, when uh, your kids are off from school, um, you know they can only sit in in my apartment for like six hours before they go bonkers. I have two boys for so long because mom's like having some business meetings. Sure. But yeah, I also want to create like quality time with sure. them as well too. So balancing all that, um, that can be kind of hard sometimes too, and. Um, that's, I think that that's been the, the biggest thing for me is, is try to create balance because I, I am so ambitious, um, but also really being there and creating my own moments for my kids. I am their biggest supporter. I'm here to help them achieve their dreams and always setting them up for success. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Even with that challenge, I know earlier you had this core belief in your mission, right? Yes. Curious, did did your children ever say, Mom, you look happy? Or you look, you know, different now? Because I had a case where I was working at a miserable job and all my friends would say, you look like crap, you know? <laughs> What's wrong? And then once I left and I found a job that I was passionate about, people say, yeah, you look happy. Like, you don't, you're not complaining. So I don't know if your family noticed that difference. Yes, everybody. Okay. In fact, I was at, um, I had dropped my son and my little guy, my little man, Justin, off at a birthday party mm-hmm. about two weeks ago and one of my mom friends is like, do you know you're glowing? <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually joking around with her. I said, I think it's the black light in the room. She's like, no, you're glowing from inside. And I get that a lot from okay, people. Cool. I've never been happier in my life. Um, I get, this is my life's purpose. Sure. And um, I'm just so incredibly happy. And that's 
can cool. relate to yeah. that. No, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's I've good never to been hear. happier, and I think that that's that's what life is about. You know, I work hard. I work really hard, day in and day out, and that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know time's coming up. So as we close this first ever podcast, any message for those aspiring entrepreneurs or people just starting and kind of going through the same growing pains, as I call it, with, that you went through? Any words of advice uh, to those? Yes, and that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked too. <clears throat> I think my biggest advice is if you really believe in something, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And the... The trick is when you're in those moments and you're what I call splat, like mm-hmm. literally you're flat on the pavement, okay? Like I turned down the $350,000 right. for flat on the pavement and you're like, what just happened? Trust your gut. Always trust your gut. And tomorrow's another day. You know, the sun's going to come out. It's another day. Keep going. Just keep going. Um, and just, just trust your gut and keep going. Your heart will never, ever lead you astray. So um, that that's my biggest cool. takeaway. Appreciate that, yeah. Thank you for coming on, talking about your business and your journey. And I've always felt you had this passion about what you do. And you know, hopefully, everybody got that through this conversation. And hopefully, I'll meet many of many more of these entrepreneurs along the way and have them talk to everyone about it uh, and themselves and the journey. And uh, yeah, so thank you and. Appreciate to those whoever's listening. Yeah, so it's been my pleasure and my honor. Thank you. And I can't wait to blow this up with you. Yeah, great. Thank you.